As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Today on the show, I'm talking with Matt Hunkler, the founder and CEO of Verge. Now, Verge helps startup communities organize better events to stay connected and get exposure through pitch contests. So he's spent the last year on the road building his company. He has one co-founder who is in Vietnam, I believe, and now they've started to bring on more teammates. And so he's managing from the road a distributed team, which can be extremely difficult. And so we hear about how he stayed productive and helps keep his team productive and connected while traveling. Welcome to Rocketship.fm, the podcast where we explore startups from funding to growth, from culture to sales and everything in between. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Mike Belsito. And I'm Joelle Goldman. 
All right, Matt, welcome to Rocket Ship. Incredibly excited to have you on here to talk about some productivity. Um, now, you are the founder, CEO of Verge. Why don't you tell us a bit about Verge for those who don't know? Absolutely. Happy to. And, and first of all, Michael, thanks so much for having me on. Huge fan of Rocket Ship FM and everything you've been doing here uh, for you. years now, sharing the, some of the best stories from entrepreneurs around the world. Appreciate it. Um, and I appreciate the opportunity to share the Verge story. Um, it really actually started uh, back in 2009. I had uh, just sold, the, I was lucky enough to sell the company I started in college. Uh, not for a Zuckerberg exit or anything like that, but you know, for enough money to pay off the student loans and invest into the next business. And that was a really cool experience for me, uh, just to kind of get that whole exit thing out of the way. You know, I at least know how that process works, at least on a small scale. Yeah. Um, and I invested it into a company that I was really passionate about growing at the time. And, uh, I, I moved to Indianapolis to join a higher growth company that had raised a bunch of capital. I wanted to learn how that kind of business model worked and uh, was working on this e-commerce business nights and weekends. The problem was I didn't have the mentorship, the connectivity to resources and the focus that I needed to make that business succeed. So over the next two years, I drove that business into the ground, you know, tens of thousands of dollars later, uh, countless hours later. Uh, I drove that business into the ground and it was a slow and painful process, the exact opposite of lean startup methodology. Um, so uh, I, the good thing that came out of that was I didn't have that support system, so I created it. So I was in Indianapolis and it's 2009 and this is before a lot of this, these resources like Rocketship uh, were available online. So what I did was I started to gather every entrepreneur I knew uh, into a small space for a small amount of time once a month. And what happened was people started to kind of self-mentor. Uh, at the same time, we would self-commiserate and kind of self-soothe. Which you need. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, let's face it, startups is a very lonely business. And uh, especially if you're the entrepreneur, it can be really, really tough sometimes. And that early camaraderie at Verge, uh, at, we called it something else at the time. Eventually in 2011, January 2011, we, we rebranded to Verge. Um, but this was after we kind of grew that initial group of, it was literally less than 12 people to start. Um, to, within the first year, we were over 1,000 people, um, obviously not meeting up all at the same time. Uh, but we would have hundreds of people getting together. And at that point, we thought the best format for sharing our stories was the pitch. So we'd literally each have five minutes to pitch our idea. And then we would have 15 minutes of Q&A and feedback from people like investors, entrepreneurs, top talent. And so now Verge has grown into a network of local communities in individual geographies with global reach for those tech entrepreneurs, investors, and top talent. And do you, who is running these local, um, chapters? Are they, are they people that are excited to get involved the like community members or are they verge employees? Yeah. So we actually have a director in each chapter. Um, they technically aren't employees. They're licensing our brand hmm. and they, in exchange, they get our model that they can run in their communities, as well as some of the services uh, we provide on top of that. So one of the things I'm super passionate about is giving exposure to the businesses and people that are doing innovative and, and 
frankly, doing really cool things with technology all over the world. So we've landed some really cool partnerships with uh, companies like Forbes and Huffington Post and some of the more niche technology blogs, as well as created some of our own platforms um, like our website at vergehq.com and the Powder Keg podcast, which we can, of course, talk about later. Um, and we've created some educational materials, too. So helping make sure each of those communities have the resources they need to train their entrepreneurs so that they can kind of present the best version of themselves on stage. Now, I know you spent the last year basically on the road, and I want to get there. Um, but first, I'm curious, how do you approach keeping the quality and the brand um, consistent from city to city, chapter to chapter? Well, you know, it's it's interesting because it's not easy, right? Yeah. I, I think that a big piece of creating consistent messaging is making it super simple. And frankly, that was a really big challenge last year uh, as we expanded beyond the Midwest into areas like uh, Nashville, Tennessee and Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, because for a while there, it was mostly just the Midwest U.S. And so people kind of had been to a Verge event or at least had heard of Verge and can, had sort of formed their own opinion. But at the end of the day, we do a lot. Right. Uh, and so we had to really simplify that messaging into that you know, global network uh, with global reach uh, for these local communities, um, all of that for the tech entrepreneurs, investors, and top talent, and kind of had to look at what is it that we do? What are the resources and values we provide? So we boiled that down to events, exposure, and education, a very simple message that's bite-sized, is repeatable, and is something that all of our directors can communicate. Um, the other piece that uh, we really focused on was making sure that everything we did was growing organically. So rather than going out and saying, we want to be in Kansas City, Missouri, we waited until someone from Kansas City, Missouri heard about Verge, loved the experience of either the content or the events or uh, the education that they received from Verge. And they said, I want that in Kansas City. How do I make that happen? Hmm. So we started first with finding the people that were motivated uh, and were already educated on the brand to bring it to their community. And then we armed them with a very simple message and a very simple system. Very cool. And I, I mean, I, I know it's a constant process. Um, and I, I want to get to your time on the road where, I mean, first of all, why were you on the road? I assume you were, you're visiting the chapters, but, um, that's a conclusion I jumped to tell me about <laughs> why you were on the road for the last year, um, and what you were doing. Sure. So I, First of all, I love getting into these local tech communities because everyone has a different flavor, right? So uh, Baltimore is very different than Philadelphia, is very different than New York City, as you might imagine. Mm -hmm. uh, but all of them also kind of have that East Coast flavor, you know, very different from what you might find in the Midwest in, say, an Indianapolis or a Chicago. So I, I really love sort of, sort of from the ethnographic standpoint and the demographic standpoint, uh, seeing the differentiations and both the strengths and weaknesses of every geography. Um, but, you know, because of the what our business does in these local communities, uh, we want to make sure we're there for at least the launch event and maybe even uh, a couple of events after that launch event to make sure they understand, going back to your question, the brand, the messaging and the value that we're providing and how we're providing that to our members. Um, but we also work with a lot of businesses. So one of the things, you know, we've been doing pitch events since 2009, 
you know, this is before Shark Tank was cool, before the Silicon Valley movie made, you know, all these glamourpreneurs uh, that are out there. And so we, we've actually really dialed in the process for pitch events. Uh, so I've been lucky enough to be on uh, three tours of Rise of the Rest, mm. which is a, a global tour that Steve Case, uh, the founder of AOL, um, created to focus on these communities outside of the coasts that are doing really innovative technologies. And he's actually uh, taken his investment fund at Revolution Ventures and said, I'm going to write a $100,000 check in each city we visit. So I've literally been to over a dozen cities just on those tours alone with Rise of the Rest. Um, and we kind of helped produce some of the aspects of their pitch competition that they did in each city. Mm. Um, and, and then I've also done that for Recess, which is a, a company that started uh, actually in Indiana. They're now based in Los Angeles, uh, I think in Venice, California, technically. Uh, but they do the same sort of thing. They tour around the country hosting pitch competitions on college campuses, creating almost like a uh, March Madness for startups. Uh, so again, we were kind of helping them with the pitch competitions, helping make sure that their entrepreneurs are ready for the stage. And then even uh, all the way to emceeing some of their events, helping make sure that every single pitch competition goes off without a hitch. The, uh, the sharks or the investors, so to speak, know how to ask good questions and qualify each of the entrepreneurs. Uh, because usually in most of these pitch competitions, there's a big check uh, at the end of it at stake. And so we've kind of taken all of our methodologies and made it really easy for these kinds of tours or even conferences like All Things Open on the East Coast uh, that have used our methodologies to run their pitch competitions. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. So, I mean, the road can be tough to stay productive um, and connected with, with the rest of the team. What, what did you do for the last year to keep you and your team connected and productive moving forward? Well, and it's important to point out that uh, I actually started the year with just one employee and okay. he was based in the Philippines. Oh. So, and in fact, is still based in the Philippines. <laughs> so um, it, it was really just me and Derek uh, over in the Philippines that were working day to day for the entire year prior to that. And that allowed me to, one, establish the culture of this company as a remote culture, uh, meaning a lot of what we were doing was based in tools like Slack or on Skype or Google Hangouts. Um, and then it also kind of forced us to have sort of the systems around that, right, like weekly one-on-ones, daily status updates, um, and things like that that help us kind of stay in sync. Um, so we literally doubled the team last year of the, our full-time people brought on one person in April and then one person at the end of July. That's awesome. And so that was really, really cool to have some of those basic building blocks in place, but we had to add a little bit more 
discipline to what we were doing. And one of the best tools that we added uh, is a tool that I think not a lot of people know about yet, um, but I, I think is getting on more and more people's radar. And that tool is called Gel, literally J-E-L-L dot com. Have you heard of it? No, no. If you, this is the first time you told me about it like 15 minutes ago, and I'm, I'm actually really excited by it. So tell us, tell us how you use it at the team. Yeah, sure. It, it's incredible. So um, the nice thing is, is it takes a lot of the best practices uh, into account just in the way it's been developed. Um, they actually built Gel is sort of a spinoff from a company called Formstack, uh, which is a really innovative form software that's been around for a long time, super profitable, uh, super cool and innovative team. And they started creating gel for them. So I, I love the fact that it pulls in the best practices uh, from things like Kanban or getting things done, if you're familiar with those uh, methodologies for productivity, uh, but it puts it into software form and makes it dead simple. So it's not yet another tool that you have to update or add things to. It really actually creates more productivity. So from the daily, everything sort of um, starts with that daily status update. But the thing I love most about Gel is that it everything can tie back up to annual and quarterly goals so that everyone on the team can see what you know each individual player's KPIs are or key performance indicators are for the team and see what their daily tasks are that relate to those larger KPIs. Yeah, so, that's really important um, for a team and for a team to understand, which I haven't seen a tool that does that. That's what really excited me about it. You know, I hadn't seen anything like this either, and it got me very, very excited, Michael, because we we have pretty big, hairy, audacious goals, you know, barring mm -hmm. the term from uh, good to great. But, uh, you know, it, it can seem daunting to people that haven't done big, hairy, audacious goals before, and we've got kind of a younger team, right? So it really helps to have those annual goals broken down into those quarterly goals and then broken down into, like, day-to-day -day tasks, uh, and, and the nice thing is you can post goal updates uh, that then goes to the entire team. You have productivity trackers in Gel where you can literally see how many of your three most important tasks. I, I try to limit mine to three. I usually have more like five to seven. Um, you know, you got completed. And then, uh, and then the nice thing is it's all communicated and integrated directly into Slack, which is our main communication channel. Talk to me about who is setting, like, I assume you're setting the big goal and, and the quarterly goal. Um, how do people know that they're working towards or what they're doing is working towards affecting it? Is that your trust in them or is that something that you're managing um, as a leader on the team? Yeah, that's absolutely the right question, Michael, because uh, we weren't doing it right at first, okay. to be completely honest. We, I, I was setting the goals and saying, this is where we're going and here's what you're going to do to get there. And I was thinking that they were connecting the dots, uh, just assuming that that would automatically happen. But in reality, any good leader knows that they need to not just paint the vision and, and set the course, but also show how you're going to get there. So uh, one of the things that I really like about Gel is that in your weekly one-on-ones, in your weekly all-hands meetings, you can kind of help paint that picture and connect some of the dots, um, but you can literally tie those goals to the day-to-day -to -day tasks. And that's one of the things that's been helpful uh, for our team is that 
we'll have people say, hey, these are the main things I'm focused on this week. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, that's great. Let's add a deadline to that. And like, let's make that actually quantifiable, right? Because we both know that any good goal is a SMART goal, yep. meaning SMART being the acronym for specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time-bound. Uh, and so having sort of those like weekly one-on-one -on -one functions, which by the way, Gel has a weekly one-on-one -on -one function <laughs> update reminder, uh, which is just phenomenal because it literally takes all of that, puts it on your team members and says, hey, how am I doing as a leader? How do you feel like you're doing as an individual contributor? And you can literally create whatever those questions are for you and your team. Cool. Um, but I go into my one-on-ones with all of this information that, of course, I spent the previous 10, 15 minutes reviewing so that I can dig in on the things that I know we need to dig in on and not spend the first 15 minutes of the one-on-one -on -one getting information that could have been done in 30 seconds of an update on gel. Mm. Now, you've seen both sides of you know remote work and, and having a team all local. Talk to me through some of the challenges of building a remote team. Oh, man. I, I think that one of the most challenging things is this technology is awesomely powerful, but at the end of the day, it's relationships where the real magic is. Mm -hmm. And relationships happen from great communication. And I, I don't remember what the statistic is exactly, uh, but it's something like 90% of communication is nonverbal. Well, that's really challenging when people are in different locations. So when you cut off video, like for instance, we're doing this call right now over Skype and it's just voice, there's a lot of information that I'm communicating right now. You know, I'm gesturing like a crazy person <laughs> as if you could see me. Um, and you know, my facial expressions are, are showing that I'm, I'm laughing here too, but you don't necessarily know that, sure. right? And, and if we were to take out the voice component and we were just doing this via a chat, that would be one less data point. So I think one of the best things you can do is that even if you can get everything done, you know, via text in Slack, you know, get on that Skype, uh, video Skype call, get on that Google Hangout, and we just set that as, those as weekly, um, as weekly updates and, and kind of one-on-ones or all-hands meetings. Um, but even if you're connecting on a specific project and you could do it just via voice or you could just start a discussion in Slack, maybe say, hey, listen, let's let's go to video because I think that we're going to be able to get through this a lot faster. One, it's, gonna, it's also going to be a lot more fun. Yeah. Uh, and I also think that fun is a really big part of business that, uh, you know, sometimes when you get kind of weighed down in project management tools like Basecamp or even some of these productivity tools like Gel, you can kind of forget that this is actually supposed to be fun, right? And not just all um, ones and zeros. <laughs> right. It is. It's hard. Um, well, that's great advice. Um, what's coming up in 2017, right? We're, we're in January. It's the beginning of the year. What's coming up for you um, and Verge? Oh man, we are so excited about 2017. Uh, we actually have some some big announcements we're going to be making, uh, bringing on another powerhouse team member with over a decade of experience uh, to the team here. Nice. And he's going to be helping us with the product that we've been working on literally for the last uh, over a year, um, kind of workshopping it literally at hands-on workshops with entrepreneurs. Um, but it was in late 2015 that we were kind of pulling our audience, right? We have almost 10,000 tech entrepreneurs, investors, and super talented contributors to startups all over the country and now over all over the world. Um, 
And the number one pain point that you hear, you, you go to any of these cities or you ask um, the Verge community, what is the number one pain point for their startup ecosystem outside of Silicon Valley? And they will always tell you it's funding, it's access to capital. Yeah. And uh, it's really tough to to get funding because in these communities like in Indianapolis or like a Detroit, you usually only have, you know, a handful to a dozen funding sources locally. Yeah. And the nice thing is, you know, kind of as Thomas Friedman said, the world is flat and the world has definitely been flattening in venture capital and in angel investing. But it's still not there yet with sort of the information. Um, there are books like Venture Deals, which are great for understanding the ins and outs of uh, venture contracts and venture contract negotiation. Uh, but there hasn't necessarily been sort of that field manual for how to pitch and raise capital. And so I, I literally finished uh, the first draft last year with the team uh, and some of the writers that we've and researchers we've kind of brought on board. Uh, and now we've got a draft of the book. It's going to be called It's the Pitch, How to Raise Capital Outside of Silicon Valley. And, uh, and what we're going to do is actually have a course that accompanies that. So we've got amazing interviews with people like Chris Hively, co-founder of MapQuest, who used to run one of the largest funds in the South uh, East uh, for venture capital. Uh, Karen Nortman from Upfront Ventures out in LA. Uh, of course, uh, Steve Case uh, at Revolution Ventures. That's going to kind of pull in the best knowledge from some of these entrepreneur investors and put it into a digestible uh, format where people will have a process for how to pitch and raise capital and at the same time have some of the resources on how to find these funding sources and start building the, those relationships before they need them. Very nice. No, that, that's really exciting. So where do we keep up with Verge and you um, and, and these new developments? Well, so we actually uh, have a website where you can find all of our local events. We might even have a chapter in the city of, of many of your listeners. Yeah. So you can just go to vergehq.com and you can find some of our free resources. Like we've got tons of interviews on there uh, with guys like uh, Alexis Ohanian, co-founder of Reddit, uh, Tony Shea from Zappos, to all kinds of other entrepreneurs that started up outside of the valley. Um, to you know, blog posts from community members in each of our eight different cities and now growing as well. Uh, we've got a button there. If someone's passionate about bringing Verge to their city, they can do that. Uh, but we also just launched a podcast, which ho I'm hoping, Michael, we can have you on there to share some of your insights sure. uh, he here soon. But um, it, that podcast is called Powder Keg Igniting Startups. And it's all focused on entrepreneurs, investors, and top talent that are doing amazing, innovative things beyond Silicon Valley. You know, nothing against Silicon Valley. But the problem is they get most of the attention. So I'm super passionate about finding those stories beyond the valley and sharing them with a, a global audience. And we've just had some amazing interviews on there. Uh, and, and again, Michael, it'd be awesome to have you on, man. Cool. Well, I would love to. So hopefully we can work that out. Um, yeah, well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm really excited. I love the initiative of outside Silicon Valley. So keep up the, the great work and, and we'll be we'll be keeping on our radar here. Likewise, Michael. Thanks for having me. Huge thanks to Matt today and his team at Verge for coming on. If you want to learn a bit more about Verge, go to vergehq.com. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Bench. Bench is the easiest way to get your bookkeeping done. Go to bench.co forward slash rocket ship and get 20% off your first six months of bookkeeping. And by Todoist, 
Todoist makes managing your tasks simple and easy. So go to todoist.com forward slash redeem and use the code rocketship to get five premium accounts for your team free for an entire year. So if you're enjoying this series, go ahead and subscribe. Leave us a quick review. Five stars will do. It's just fine. It helps us spread the show and spread the word. If you'd like to see old episodes, go to rocketship.fm or just search them in the app that you're listening to this podcast. They're all there in our feed. We have over 250 previous episodes, including uh, the first two episodes from our productivity series. So I know you'll enjoy them. The episodes complement the interviews and the interviews complement the episodes. It's all very symbiotic. Follow us on Twitter at RocketshipFM. You could follow me at Michael Saka, Joel at Joel Goldman, and Mike Belsito at Belsito. We'll see you here in just a couple days.